Hello. <laughs> oh, you look so lovely today, all you guys. Nice to see you all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? He's good all the time, eh? He really is. He really is good all the time. Even in the hard times, even in the dark times, God said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Never, ever. Even if it feels like God's not there, it's because we've put a wall up. God's always there, always. And he wants to provide all your needs. All you need to do is let him do that. And uh, yeah, so I just want to encourage you with that. So I, I am blessed to, and it was a lovely surprise to find that I would be preaching this week. <laughs> Brown, <laughs> thank you. Um, it, it, and it wasn't because I didn't check, check the roster. <laughs> Just wanted to put that in there. <laughs> Brownie contacted me on Thursday, didn't you? <laughs> and said, oh, I'm having an extremely busy week. Is there any chance you could do my preaching? <laughs> Thank you. And so I, I said, sure, I will do that for you. And then I thought, Lord, what do you want me to bring? Because he knew all along. He's the Alpha and Omega, isn't he? The beginning and the end. He knew before I was born that I would be preaching today. <laughs> and uh, that's what I love about God is that there's no surprises with God. Hey, nothing surprises him. He's never going to be shocked by the enemy. He's never going to be shocked by anything we do either because God uh, sees ahead of time. He, he knows. And uh, that's the cool thing about God is that he knows the best path for us to take because he sees the end. Doesn't that make sense? So we're kind of like blindly moving forward, choosing our own path sometimes. But, you know, when we trust God for our path, he, 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 we can trust that the path that he's got for us will be the right path because he sees the end from the beginning. So I love that about God. And, you know, our God is so amazing. He's got so many incredible names. He, there's many, many names in the Bible that, ref, that say who God is, and they reveal aspects of his character. They're just little uh, kind of snippets in a way of, of who God is, and he's all these things. And some of them are um, El Shaddai. He's God Almighty, God the All-Sufficient One. He's God Almighty. Almighty. He's El Elyon, God Most High. Um, and there's more, and I was asking in the previous service, and uh, Dawn knows lots. <laughs> and don't you, Dawn? <laughs> I'm sure there's a few others that, that know quite a few too, but, you know, Jehovah Jireh, he's our, the Lord will provide, he's our provider. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner, the Lord my banner or my victory. Um, there's also Jehovah Rapha, um, which means God who heals or even restores. He's the God who restores. He's the God who heals. And, uh, you know, I just want to reiterate, and I know I've said this before in previous messages, you know, it's God's will that we're healed. It's God's will that we're healed. It's God's will for us to be completely healed. It's God's will for us to be whole in body and soul. And spirit, you know. When, uh, when we make a decision for Jesus, 
he recreates our spirit. And, uh, and so that's taken care of. But we're a three-part being, aren't we? We're spirit, soul, and body. And sometimes our soul and our physical body need healing too. But, you know, God is good. He's a good God. And in Psalm 107, verse 1, he says, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. That's what we should do, isn't it? For he is good. And that's something we should do every day. We should always give thanks. The word of God says, uh, what is that thing I say every morning? Uh, um, this is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> I will rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> I knew it was in here somewhere. <laughs> Just needed to dig it out. <laughs> and it also says in Psalm, it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and I'll enter his courts with praise. And uh, so it's being thankful and having a thankful and grateful heart is actually a really important part of being a Christian and, and receiving the blessing and being in God's presence that we, that we need. But you know our God is so good. But it's not good to be sick, is it? It's not good to, to be unwell. It's not good to be mentally unwell either. It's not good to... Um, to experience trauma and have that affecting you throughout your life either. It's not good. That's not what God wants. And it doesn't glorify God either for us to be unwell in any way. You know, Jesus, Jesus healed people who came to him for healing. He healed them. And he cast out demons. And the word says that the only ones that he... that he was There, there is a scripture that says that um, there was... Um, one place that people couldn't be healed, and that was because of their unbelief. Okay, but but everywhere else, Jesus healed every every everybody, and and those people expected that healing. You know, God does not want us to suffer at all, and there's a scripture that says God is light. It's one John one five. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And so if you think about it, if you think about in a physical sense, light and dark cannot coexist, can they? They cannot exist in the same place at the same time. And it's like that with God and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness cannot coexist at the same time. And the religious people of the time tried to accuse Jesus of... of casting out demons um, by the ruler of the demon. You know, he, they were saying, he's got Satan in him. He's got Beelzebub in him. It says that in Mark 3, 22 to 24. And Jesus replied and said, how can Satan cast out Satan? That doesn't make sense. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, if you're divided, it's not going to work at all. And so God would be fighting against himself if he wanted to just heal a few of us and not all of us. But God is absolute truth and he's absolute light and he's absolutely good. And do you know what does absolute mean? It means completely. It means totally. It means not diminished in any way. And it is, exists independently. In other words, it's not reliant on anything. It's not reliant on anything at all. 
So God will never, ever put sickness or disease or injury on us or any kind of mental illness on us. It says in John 10.10, and I'm just going to turn to that. Jesus said this. This is a scripture that you should know off by heart, and if you don't, I'd recommend you learn it. It says, Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they will have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus came for. It's the opposite, isn't it? It's the direct opposite. So Satan came to kill and to steal and to destroy, but Jesus came that they may have life and have life in abundance. And so Jesus, God, Jesus is God, but Jesus came to set us free from the curse, didn't he? He came to buy us back and set us free from the curse of the law and, and, and just make a way for us for salvation. When I say salvation, we usually think about you know, receiving Jesus, but salvation is, is everything, actually. It's receiving healing, it's receiving life, it's provision, all of that. It's being saved. So Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would redeem us or buy us back. And it was Jesus' blood that was poured on the mercy seat. And, he, and it only had to happen once because Jesus was sinless. And so a perfect sacrifice only had to be made one time. And that was Jesus. And that's why Jesus had, had, to, come, had to do it, actually. It's because all of us have made mistakes or all of us have sinned, either intentionally or not. And, uh, and so if we tried to die on the cross for people's sins, it wouldn't work because we're not sinless. But the perfect sacrifice was Jesus, and he died on the cross. It was his blood that was poured on the mercy seat, which is, um, and, and it was just once and for all, and that if we accept him, if we accept what he did, we wouldn't have to tolerate any, anything like that anymore, any sickness, any disease, any pain or any injury, any kind of um, wound to our body or our soul. All we need to do is believe, eh? It says in the word, without faith it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. So uh, what that means is that all we need to do is just believe. We just have, need to have an expectation that God will move and is moving in our life. And so Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, I'm not going to read the whole thing out, but this is what Jesus did. He's borne our griefs. He's borne our griefs. That's talking about soul stuff, soul wounds. And he's carried our sorrows. That's soul wounds as well. And uh, it says he was wounded for our transgressions. Okay, that's a, a transgression is, I'll talk about that in a minute actually. It's a, it's a sin. It's another word for sin. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's another word for sin, actually. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And then it finishes off saying, and by his stripes we're healed. And what are those stripes? That was the awful whipping that Jesus had to endure of 40 stripes, a whipping 40 lashes across his back. And uh, they weren't pretty. And they had little um, horrible 
things that would catch the skin and rip it off. And it was horrific. But Jesus did that for you. He did that for me. He did that for all of us. So by his stripes we are healed. And I just wanted, I just wanted to go on a little slight tangent um, because we don't hear the words transgression and iniquity very often, do we? <laughs> In our common everyday talk, we don't use those words. So transgression and iniquity are both sin, and sin is any thought, any word, or any action that's contrary to the will of God, okay? Or his, his, his values and standards, basically, the, the word. So sin can be both intentional and unintentional. To sin is to miss the mark, and that mark is God's perfect um, standard. Now, iniquity is actually uh, perversity or moral uncleanness. I, I just thought this was interesting, and you might find this interesting. It's moral uncleanness. It, it's demonstrated by intentional twisting or defiance of God's standards. And acts of iniquity are deeply rooted in a sinful desire. So an example of that from the Bible is David's sin with Bath Bathsheba. And his sinful desires led to adultery and murder. Um, because, uh, because of that, he, um, Bathsheba, Bathsheba was already married and her husband was killed because of his desires. So that's iniquity. Transgression, that's crossing over a boundary. So it's making a choice to do something that you know is wrong that God has clearly defined as being wrong. For example, and this is uh, not from the Bible, it's more than, just, it's more than parking in a no-parking zone. Has anyone ever done that? Yes, I have. <laughs> but it's parking in a no-parking zone, knowing that the judge who enforces the law is watching you. <laughs> so it's a willful thing. It's willful. It's making a choice that what you know is wrong, you're going to do anyway because you want to do it. Okay? So that, I hope, gives you a little bit of an insight. But going back to Isaiah 53... Jesus, it's amazing, isn't it? Jesus paid for all of those transgressions. Every willful sin we've committed, as long as we admit it and repent. And he paid for all iniquity as well. That's every morally unclean act we've done. And I'm sure we've all done something, haven't we? And Jesus paid for all of that in his blood. Do you think we deserved it? No, we didn't. But that's the grace of God, isn't it? Hey, that's the amazing thing about God is he forgives us despite what we've done. He sees past all of that stuff that we've done and he loves us anyway. That's, that's what I love about God. He loves us despite everything. So he took all of our griefs and sorrows. He took the punishment of the cross so we could have peace and he took all of our transgressions and iniquity and paid all of it for it with his blood. And he, the stripes that Jesus took, the whipping he received was for our healing. And he did that for every kind of ailment to our body and our soul, by the way. He took all of it. So I want to give you some examples from the Bible. I've got um, Mark 5. So if you've got your Bible 
or your app, however you like to do it. I was thinking about the tithing before, and, and we're just, um, we've got the box down the back, but we're also starting to hand out the baskets again because sometimes it's an app, you know, like, I don't know, it's good to have a basket, eh, right? Um, and then I was thinking, but I don't have anything to put in the basket because I give online, <laughs> you know? So maybe I need to think about how I can do something about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it is an act when I actually say, yes, I do want to give on my phone. That's an act as well, isn't it? So Mark 5, verses 25 to 34. I'm just going to read this through to you, uh, for you. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. So that's a long time to be unwell. She had suffered many things from many physicians. So she'd obviously gone to get help and hadn't been out. She'd gone from one physician to the next trying to get help for this issue. She had spent all that she had, so she spent all everything, and was no better but rather grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, that's expectation, isn't it? So she heard about, about him, and she knew she had an expectation, a really strong confidence, which is faith, okay? So she had faith. She had an expectation and confidence that as long as she could touch him, his, just his clothes, she'd be healed. And it says here, verse 29, immediately... The fountain of her blood was dried up. So whatever the source was of that bleeding, it was healed. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And if you're not familiar with the story, he, he, was, he was being thronged. That just means he's in amongst people and they're touching him on the side and behind. He's just so close to the people. So there would have been a lot of people touching him, but she was the one that touched him with faith and expectation, and he could feel that power go out of him. His disciples notice that too, and they say, there's people everywhere. <laughs> How can you say who touched me? But he looked around to see her who had done this thing, and the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Isn't that good? Your faith has made you well. It was because she had that expectation. So even though there might have been unwell people touching Jesus, but they weren't exercising their faith. They weren't expecting healing. But she was, and she, all she did was reach out, and she probably was reaching over someone's shoulder, I would imagine, and, and, or th between people, <laughs> and just touched him, because she knew all I have to do is to touch him, and I'll be made well, and, it, and she was. That's a good story. Um, Matthew 8. Verses 5 to 10, and also 13. Uh, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. So a centurion was a, soldier, a Roman soldier, and uh, 
He said, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And Jesus, when he heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Definitely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Because that man, that soldier understood authority and he knew from his own physical experience that if he told uh, someone to do something, they would do it. And he recognized that in Jesus. He knew that Jesus had authority also in the spiritual realm. And he knew that if Jesus just said, your go, your daughter will be made well, that she would be. He knew that he had authority and he understood that. And so the centurion had an expectation, didn't he, as well? He had an expectation that if Jesus just needed, all he needed to do was say, um, go, yes, your daughter will be made well. That's all he, he, he knew. So he had an expectation, a confidence, faith, actually. Was he Jewish? No, he wasn't. Doesn't matter, does it? And, uh, but he obviously had been quietly watching from the sidelines, I'd say, and, and believed that Jesus was something amazing. So verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. And the centurion understood the authority and he applied his faith. He had expectation. So, you know, applying your faith isn't some hard thing to do. It's something that we all can do and all should be doing. And if you don't have a revelation of it, then start meditating on the scripture. It's, it's a confidence in God that he, and a belief and an expectation that God's word is true and that it will do what it's purpose to do, really. Third example, Matthew nine twenty seven to 30. Uh, let's have a look. Verse 27, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. So they had expectation, didn't they? They had faith. They knew. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus, and then just says that Jesus warned them not to say anything because there were people out to kind of kill him. So it didn't really make any difference, though, because people still, they still said, God's amazing, he's healed my eyes. But anyway, the common theme is that they believed God would heal them. They had faith in that. And so, um, you know, sometimes sickness or disease can be called, caused by demonic oppression. Sometimes that can be the root cause. So, so you might need deliverance of some kind. 
Uh, there are some times as well that physical sickness or disease can remain because of emotional wounds as well. Um, so I'm talking about trauma of some kind, um, just a, a wound of some kind. It could be from when you're really young. Um, they're, they're, and I'm not, this is not an exclusive list, but it's, it's, it's just to give you an idea. But once the emotional wounds are healed, if that is the case, the physical healing will follow after that. Healing can also be pre um, prevented because of unforgiveness as well. But if we deal with the unforgiveness, if we choose to let it go, then that barrier is removed. And also healing can pe be prevented because of unbelief that God will heal. So what do we do? We just need to choose to believe. And if that means that you need to meditate on the scriptures of healing, then do it. Keep doing it until it's in here and you, you know that you know that you know that God heals and, and will heal and loves you so much that he wants to heal you. Um, also, you don't have to be a Christian to receive healing either. <laughs> you don't. You don't. In fact, there are quite a few testimonies of people who have been healed and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't be afraid to, or lack courage to pray for people that you meet because, because they, they need a touch from God too. They need to know God as well. Sometimes healing is instantaneous. Sometimes it takes time for it to manifest. But when it takes the time, that's when you need to make sure your confession lines up with the word of God. And uh, that's, that's when we need to make sure that we're that we're not sabotaging the, the seed of prayer that we've had, you know, like the, what we've sown. We need to make sure we're not digging it up by our words. And another thing which I, I, I've realized too is that symptoms are irrelevant. Do you know why? Because God's word says that you're healed. God's word says I'm healed, so symptoms are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. And because the faith that we have is that God's our healer, you know, God, so the symptoms are not important. They don't determine whether we're healed or not. Faith is where we, um, where we believe when we pray. It's not when we receive that we believe. It's we, we believe when we pray. Then there might be some time before we receive, or it might be just a little bit of time. It might be no time. But if it's a long time, that's when you need to keep your confession really strong. So if you're believing um, God for healing, deposit that word in your heart and pray in faith and hold fast to that confession. Okay? So I'm going to give you some scriptures uh, to meditate on. In Jeremiah 1.12, God said he is watching over his word to perform it. That means that when we speak his word out of our mouth, in faith, and we're confident that his word is true, he will do it, okay? And that's why the word, it's not just a, um, so if, if healing isn't instantaneous, we need to uh, make sure that we're speaking the word of God. And this applies to any area, actually. So when we speak the word of God out, not only does it increase our own faith, but it means we're also sowing good seed as well for a harvest. And so God is able to take that word that we have spoken and make it happen. 
it's important that we speak it out. So when we speak out the word, now remember that in Ephesians 6.17 it says the word is the sword of the spirit. Okay, it's the offensive weapon we have. It's the one offensive weapon. And uh, we have the shield of faith, so that's defensive. But we have the word of God, which is a sword. And the sword is what we use to defeat the enemy and all of the enemy's plots and schemes, isn't it? The word of God. And I, have, I know of a prophet over in the USA who had a, a vision. He's had a number of visions. But where he has seen, as people are praying and they're speaking the word of God, a sword comes out of their mouth and angels come down and grab that sword and can fight the enemy with it. Isn't that cool? So just, it's, the spiritual realm is actually more real than the physical realm. It's more real. And once we die, we, our spirit lives on. Our spirit will never die. Our spirit will never die. Our physical body will die, but uh, our spirit won't. And so um, the spirit realm is actually more real and more real than the physical realm because there is, we will never die, and so our cho- it's our choice as to where we go uh, with that, whether we receive Jesus or, or whether we don't. So that scripture there says, God is watching over his word to perform it. And so never underestimate the power of the word of God. It is such an important tool for us, a, a, a sword. It's the sword. And so Exodus fifteen twenty six. this is a scripture I love because I had a, I, I, God, Jesus came to me in a dream but about this one. And he said to me, for I am the Lord who heals you. And I love that. It's Exodus fifteen twenty six. It's uh, back in the time of when Moses had taken the Israelites out of Egypt, or they'd been released by Pharaoh, but who then changed his mind and chased them. And then they had that miracle of the Red Sea that parted, and, and they'd experienced all these amazing things. And then God said, if you'll diligently heed the voice of God, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will permit none of the diseases that were permitted on the Egyptians. So it's a permissive thing. For I am the Lord who heals you. Okay? I am the Lord. Some of the um, translations make it sound as if God's putting bad stuff on people. Um, But he doesn't. He doesn't do that. So we know that by his stripes we are healed. By Jesus' stripes we're healed. That's Isaiah 53.5. Jeremiah 30.17. These are just some examples of scriptures that you can meditate on and, uh, and, and have so that they're in here. But there's more, of course, than what I'm going to give you. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore health to you and heal you. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 24, Who himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that's the cross, So in other words, Jesus took all of our sin and all of our sickness and everything in his own body that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Psalm 107 verse 20, 
He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Psalm 30 verse 2, O Lord my God, I cried out to you and you have healed me. Psalm 103 verses 1 to 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I won't read the whole thing out, but it goes on to say that his benefits include forgiving all of our sin or our iniquities, uh, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction. That's, that's all about healing, isn't it, and redemption. And Psalm 91, verses 14 to 16, um, it says, I will deliver him. That's God speaking. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So those scriptures are proof that God is our healer and he wants to heal us. And so uh, if you need healing, we can pray for you. Yeah. Um, do we want, do you want to play guitar or do we, shall we have some music maybe? Music? Okay, Haley's got something sorted. I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, finish in a, in a moment, but I just want to say a couple of things. Mark 16, 18 says that this is when, I'll go to that scripture actually. Uh, Mark 16, 18. So this is the Great Commission. And Jesus said in verse, he said a whole bunch of things for us. But then in verse 18, it finishes with, with they will lay, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. There's no they might recover. There's nothing like that. They will recover. And we're, we're happy to lay, a, lay hands on you and pray with you and so if you need healing, I'll give you an opportunity in a moment. Mark 11, 24 and 25 says, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. There's that faith again, that expectation. And you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That's interesting, isn't it, that he's brought the forgiveness in again. So it's important. It makes sure you examine yourself. Okay, and deal with any unforgiveness. And expect God to heal you. Have confidence that he will heal you. And I just want to, um, I'll just give an opportunity for people who don't know Jesus or have slipped away. You know, we can have confidence in his love for us. And his provision, Psalm 118, verses 8 to 9, I won't read the whole thing, but it says that it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's definitely better to do that. God promised that when we trust him, he will deliver us. It says in Psalm 23, I won't read it all again either, but it says, you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
my cup runs over. That's talking about the anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the blessing as well. You know, God's promised that he's with us, he will heal us, he will provide for us, and he vigorously protects us as well. All you have to do is accept it. So I'm going to pray a prayer for salvation, and I want everyone to pray this prayer. But if, it's, if you're the one that uh, needs the salvation, then just make sure you pray it with a genuine expectation, okay? Um, all right, so if you just say this after me, Jesus, I believe you died and rose again. You spilt your own blood and poured it on the mercy seat as a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Saviour. I choose to put my faith in you. You are my healer and everything I need. Amen. So I'm going to open up uh, the front for people who want prayer. And as Pastor Peter said before, if you would like to have a little bit of um, time with people you know and have a chat, cafes open, there's tea, coffee, um, there's also soup and other food available, so you're most welcome to go out there. Um, otherwise, if you could just be reverent in here and so that, you know, that, so we allow the, the space for God to move, you know, and we're happy to pray for you. So that's whether you need healing in your physical body or whether you need healing in your soul, if there's some trauma of experience that you need healing from. I'd be happy to pray. Myself and the leadership team and the ministry team would be happy to pray with you. So please feel free to come forward. And I just want to um, just really quickly pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, God, that, uh, that we have a covenant with you, Lord. And it's, it's because of Jesus and it's settled in his blood. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for the healing in our body. We thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, without your word, Father, we wouldn't, we'd be like ships that don't have any kind of guiding, nothing to guide it. So, Lord, we are so grateful for your word. Jesus is the word, but we also have the written word as well. And we thank you, God, that you are our... Um, the, the everything that we need. You're the all-sufficient one. You are El Shaddai. And so, Father, I just pray blessing on the, every family represented um, that's been here this morning. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, please feel free to come on up if you would like prayer. <laughs>